Good evening. Welcome to How to Count Into a Podcast, starring Ralph Blanford, Steve Litchfield, David Gilson, myself, Hugh and Spence, and all of you out there who love all about Windows Phone or just read us so you have some fame bait to get you through the weekend. Yes, it's a weekly insight podcast looking back at all the news that's been happening in the world of Windows Phone, putting a, a little bit of magic that we have from the team and bringing our countless decades of mobile phone experience to bear on the Windows Phone ecosystem. Uh, I'm Ewan Spence. Uh, I'm going to carry on calling myself host. Uh, and as usual, we will go through. Um, we originally called them co-hosts, but uh, they've all keep asking for different names. So, uh, guys, I'm going to ask you what you want to be called this week. And at the same time, I want you to tell me which of Santa's reindeer you'd like to be. David, you can go first. What would you like to be called this week? I'm still the open source stuntman, seeing as I'm a regular Linux user who is currently living in Windows to get more of a Windows Phone experience, and it is a bumpy ride. There we go. And which reindeer would you be? Well, I'm going to be Rudolph, just for the nostalgia's sake. Okay, or, or because that's the only one that you can remember. Steve has a slightly harder task of choosing another reindeer. Steve? Well, I, I'm not, not going to be a reindeer because I can't fly, so I think I'd be disqualified and left back at base. Okay, reindeers can actually can't fly anyway, Steve. Um, so Steve is the not-flying reindeer. Uh, we also have Rafe Blanford with us. Rafe? Uh, this week I'll be the shepherd, keeping uh, in charge of all the sheep on this podcast, Christmas theme after all. And reindeer, I think I'll go for Blitzen, because everyone knows that he's the evil reindeer from Robbie the Reindeer. Ah, uh, there we go. <laughs> and uh, I will keep myself as a host, and I will be uh, Olive. I thought you were more of a prancer. No, 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 I'm Olive, the other reindeer. Right, okay. Uh, ah, Christmas Cracker Buns coming in there. Uh, also played by Drew Barrymore in the lovely Christmas animation, which I'm sure will be on over the holidays. Right then, on with the news and the fun end games. Um, you know, I'm looking down what we've got to talk about. This is Some of this stuff is quite serious and weighty. Right, let's start with you on this one, the Nokia 800. Um, the battery issues are still the same, but there seems to be more publicity about it this week than last week. Uh, yes, that's right, you and there are some continuing issues. There isn't really anything new here, but we do have some updated information, so we just thought we'd revisit this topic. Um, just to clarify from before, there has been a software update. We talked about that last week, and that fixes some of the battery issues, but not all of them. There is a second update coming uh, early in January, which will fix further updates. But there are some people who have still been having uh, problems, and this is actually a limited number of people. And Nokia issued a sort of additional statement about this, following on for some comments in the sort of social media uh, amphitheater, if you will. And that saying, yes, there is a software problem that's limiting the phone's ability to fully recharge the battery and as i said it only applies in some cases and obviously if it's not fully recharging the battery that will give you a pretty short battery life the way to check if this is affecting you specifically is to go to the diagnostic application in order to get the diagnostic application you actually need to activate it by dialing hash hash 634 hash uh, from the phone and that will then sort of activate that application once you go into that application, go to battery status and have a look at uh, what the uh, battery charge is reading after a full charge. And anything less than 1,000 milliamp hours means that your phone is affected by this problem. It will be fixed by the software update that Nokia are offering people 
um, a replacement phone if that's what they wish to have. They need to contact Nokia Care in their country uh, for that to go ahead. So just to underline that's not affecting everybody. Uh, you can check it for yourself and um, the battery life issue will be fixed by the software update in January and that will also obviously have some fixes aside from this one specific issue. So if you're not being affected, just wait for January, you'll get a software update and your battery life will improve. If you are, you might want to go through this particular check. And uh, David, you, you've got, I know you've got one of the other things like the HTC radar. Is this diagnostic number it's just for the Nokia's or it's a thing that's working for everybody? It is just from Nokia's. I, I, I've just tested it on the HTC device here and it doesn't do anything at all. So, so yes, that is just something that Nokia have built in. It does so. depend on what phone you uh, are on. This phone is actually across the platform, but it's activated in different ways. So HTC may have a different activation sequence. And I know uh, ah. it's pressed on the Samsung Omnia, for example. Okay. Uh, staying with uh, the HTC, David, uh, you managed to post up your review of the radar this week. Now, I've, I've been a great fan of the trophy. Is, is it? Am I being too simplistic in saying that the radar is V2 of the trophy? Um, well, I personally haven't looked at the trophy, and I was, um, but I probably is because I I was thinking it was possibly V2 of the Mozart, but I'm not convinced of of that definition. Um, my overall take of the radar is that. I think of all the HTC phones I've had, it has got the best build quality. It really feels solid in my hand, it's nice and weighty, no creaking, no loose bits, no over-designed ships on the back or anything. Um, however, some down points about it is that it doesn't have a replaceable battery. That might be an issue for some, just as with the Lumia 800. Um, it doesn't have a built-in compass, which is not a deal-breaker, but it's a little odd. And also, and possibly worst of all, is that I was surprised by how poor the camera was. I, I did some tests of it versus VNA, and I know when I was talking to Steve about the results, I mean, Steve could barely believe his eyes. Um, but the, the, the colours seem just very dull, unsaturated, and the, the, the fine detail is really smudged out, which I think is some sort of noise correction al algorithm. So, but I, I think if the camera is not important to you... Um, and you just want quick, rough mobile snaps, and you just want something that feels good in my hand, you like metal bodies, um, and you're not worried about replaceable batteries. And to be fair, it's a 1,520 milliamp hour battery, which does give it fair battery life. You, you will definitely get through a day with sort of med medium, medium heavy use. Um, uh, yeah, it is a very nice phone. But, I mean, the, the, the screen looks great as well, so I'd give it a qualified recommendation. What I find puzzling, David, is that the Titan and the Radar were, were announced at the same time, released at the same time. You'd expect them to share quite a lot of the same components, as if they're built on the same hardware platform, same chipsets, same, same everything, really, apart from the overall form factor. The Titan had a stonkingly good camera, for example. Mm. Uh, and yet, and I would, I, everyone's comments led me to believe the Radar had the same camera, and yet the results you were showing were very, very ordinary. So... Uh, I just cannot explain that. I, I would like to play with the radar at some point, so maybe I'll get that in from the PR company as well, because it's a bit of a mystery. Uh, yes, I, I, to me, the, the uh, PR company are taking the radar back from me in, in a couple of weeks, so I don't think I'll have time to send it to you, but it, it, I, I would like you to put, put your expert photographer hat on with it as well, because, I, I mean, I was wondering if it was just the test photos that I'd done in the room that I was working in. However, I did take some test photos outside and when you look at the fine detail you can see that yeah. s like smudgy 
algorithm effect um, on, on any flat surface uh, in any of the photos, actually. So, yeah, the camera is surprisingly poor, but otherwise it's, it's a nice device. And also I mentioned that any, most devices that are below a 4-inch screen are 3.7-inch. This is 3.8-inch, and that really does make a difference to how you hold it. And, and actually, I, I found myself kept inadvertently um, pressing the camera button with the base of my thumb. So um, I had to adapt to holding it in... Um, awkward positions um but now that i've gone back to say the radar and and actually i will thank nokia connects pr who have sent me a lumia 800 this morning um going back to a 3.7 inch screen does actually feel quite small now so there we go uh one tenth of an inch makes all the difference when you're holding it uh right steve um the uh the rate the radar is, is having a pretty crowded market now this sort of mid mid to low range uh of the of devices is coming up with the in the nokia 710 as well um you've got the, the certainly in the states you've got the samsung focus flash uh, that's sitting in there um i, I spotted the, uh, the uk network three are, are picking up the nokia 710 and uh i i have a question they, they priced the 800 so aggressively where can pricing go on the 710 in the UK? I mean, 24 months, free handset, £30 a month for the 800. What's the 710 going to be able to do? Well, I'm looking on 3's website. And, you know, I've typed in 710, as in Lumia 710. It says one result found. And uh, there's none of that is hyperlinked. If I then click on a little, what looks like an ad of upcoming handsets, there it is under there. So it's obviously not available for sale yet. It just says register for updates. I cannot see a price is rather exactly and that's my question is there any space because we we, we know that the the, the the marketing budget uh has been very aggressive on the 800 and part of that will will, will go to help bringing that the sort of monthly price down See, but people are going to be expecting the 710 to be cheaper well they will in america the 710 has been launched on t-mobile um, which admittedly is a bit of a niche carrier in the states but it was like for 50 dollars up front plus the usual contracts which the americans saying whoa it's 50 only 50 dollars completely ignoring the usual subsidized um, rubbish considerations they are on top of a thousand dollars over two years i think 50 dollars is rather neither here nor there but it just set a bit of a benchmark i would expect the 710 to be free on a 15 pound a month contract with certain with limited number of usage and, may, and definitely free on a 20 pound a month contract which isn't too bad really compared to the prices for the lumia 800 Rafe, that kind of fit in with your thinking as well, price-wise? Yeah, I, I think it will be the £20 mark at, at best, and it may well creep up a little bit from there. Um, looking at the Lumia 800, the cheapest you can get it for is really £25, but you know that's really being pushed, and I suspect, suspect there's a pretty big subsidy there. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Lumia 710 kind of be at a, a lower, but not that much lower mark. The interesting thing here is it could potentially become the sort of choice of the pay-as-you-go Windows phone handset. Um, but I think the interesting thing about the 800 in some ways is they are really aimed at different markets. And while I do expect to see some crossover, and we're certainly going to see that, and some markets do have both, I suspect what we might see is the 710 just being more popular in, in markets where there's perhaps more of an economic consideration and that can just be depending on the way that subsidies work in a given market or you know in perhaps in some of the markets out in Asia where price sensitivity is probably stronger than Western Europe the 710 might be the kind of the handset of choice I mean there's also the so the, the design and the colouring aspect in that uh, for some people the 710 will be more attractive simply because it's available in a greater variety of colours and as we've remarked in last week's episode there's actually quite a 
few reasons to like the 710 quite apart from the obvious uh, cost difference but with regard to the uk market i would expect it to be kind of a, a high cost uh, pay-as-you-go handset you know obviously that's going to be towards the uh, 250 300 pound mark or on sort of maybe a, a 20 pound contract and that sound you can hear in the background is hundreds and thousands of android bloggers going but we've beaten it on specs what do you mean the only one is it in pink <laughs> We sympathise with you. Anyway, um, Android uh, streaming ahead in, in the application. It's, it's actually, from, from the look of the graphs that are coming out of Distimo, who are a third-party app tracking company, um, Android appears to have the greater velocity uh, than any of the other platforms. Windows Phone is, is the next one, and it's now overtaken basically all the sort of B-level stuff. It's now comfortably in third place in terms of volume uh, of the marketplace. And I know we go around the numbers again and again and say, you know, there is the numbers PR game, but you only really need 10 applications. But, uh, Rafe, it's actually quite important that the Windows carry on this message of we are the third ecosystem. And this is an, another step in that sort of, I don't want to use the word brainwashing, uh, indoctrination. Yes, that, that's fair. I mean, it's really about the perception and the perception is at the moment that Windows Phone doesn't have enough apps. Um, I think raw numbers aren't the way to look at it. You, know, you do need to look at the quality of the apps and how people are using them, that kind of thing. But it's actually very hard to measure that. And so, you know, the number of apps is used as a shortcut metric. And to be fair, most of the time, this, the quality of apps between them are quite similar, but probably in you know when it comes down to actual utility and functionality it comes down to a few thousand apps and what their specific functionality differences are between platforms but that's a very rational way of looking at it and consumers don't behave that way um, and so this sort of numeric comparison is going to remain in place and i should say for this dismo report it's actually based on the u.s market um, so i'm not um, convinced that these trends actually necessarily play out globally i mean looking for example at their number for Ovi store or now Nokia store that's probably still just in third place but it does rather depend on whether you count uh, Symbian 3 separately to the other Symbian versions and of course series 40 and it does include things like themes etc and other components within the uh, Nokia store and so probably in pure app numbers yes it's probably fair to say Windows phone is ahead now but I wouldn't say it's a a dramatic difference and you can actually say the same about all the other um, app stores as well for something like blackberry app well you know there are things that are little more than themes or ringtones within that marketplace and also you get uh, the doubling up of trial applications and that applies elsewhere of course and you get a certain amount of that in the windows phone marketplace but because of the sort of better support for trial apps in windows phone in general um, it's not so prevalent as is on ios and android but yes you're quite right to say Android and iOS, whether you look at iPhone or iPad, are kind of leaping ahead. Um, I have to say, I've said it before, I think the important barrier psychologically is probably 100,000. Once you get to that point, it becomes less of an issue. But really, it's about uh, you know, platform size as a whole. It needs to get to the point where when a developer is looking to create a new application, they're saying, right, I need to get it onto this platform, this platform and this platform in order to be successful. And of course, I think at the moment it's probably fair to say the first choice still tends to be iPhone. There are some people looking at Android, but Android has its sort of uh, monetization issues, which we've talked about in the past. And so Windows Phone needs to sort of get to the point where it's at least on an equal playing field. And I think that probably just requires it to grow 
the number of people using the platform you know the installed base so that you know developers can successfully make money from it so that's the the metric will be just as important as the number of apps overall am i the only one who yawns when every time another report comes out saying x app store has got another 50,000 or another 100,000 it's now up to half a million applications and and you just know that 99.99% of them are never going to be used or of no interest to anybody. I know there's a long tail effect, Ray. I know you're going to bring up that argument. But the thing that sells phones is not the number of applications in the sense that whether it's 50,000, 80,000, 100,000 or a quarter of a million or half a million. Because when you see a friend with a phone, like whether it's an iPhone or Android or Symbian or Windows phone, you say, well, that's really nice. Show me what it can do. Then you go out and put it on your wish list for the next phone. You never, ever ask your friend, oh, how many apps is that? Oh, it's only 200,000. Android's got 400,000. Oh, well, I'll go and get an Android phone. 200,000 applications. Are you crazy? When I did my Symbian curated app store, we can link in the show notes if people are really interested from the All About Symbian podcast, um, the curated apps, I found 100 really good applications, and they, to be perfectly honest, cover 99% of people's needs. That's with 100 really good quality apps, and that's all any platform needs. The biggest thing that sells phones is people recommending it to their friends and that's showing them what it can do and actually you know, handling it, showing it off, not the physical numbers that just the big yawn from him, I'm afraid. 99.99% of applications in the Windows Marketplace, Steve, would mean that you have only found 4.7 applications that are any good. It is possible that 99.9% um, of statistics are made up on the spot in podcasts like this one. I think, Steve, I, I utterly, completely, emphatically agree with you. But I think the reason these stars keep going around is because of people call, people who we call analysts, who are basically people who we should probably call estimators, who are just going around trying to get statistics to make best guesses because people want to know where to put their money in the stock market. And that's, all, that's what this is all about, really. <laughs> I think you think you're all being slightly on the cynical side. I mean, I do take the point that you would make. Um, the obvious argument against it is that the 10 apps that everybody needs, everyone has 10 different apps. And so that does increase the numbers somewhat. So I, I actually think it's significantly more than 100. But also, I think um, being sort of power users, we too tend to think in terms of uh, apps that add real power and functionality to our phones or productivity apps if we're going to give it a shorthand and i've long maintained there's actually two different types of apps in the app store those are there are those which are applications as we traditionally think of them in the pc sense that you know they actually do something useful add significant functionality to the phone and then there's the apps and games which if you like are more disposable and they're almost the equivalent of you know renting a, a video or a dvd they're kind of short form often content that you'll use for a couple of weeks and then almost throw away i mean games is a almost a category in itself of this but i actually think it applies to apps as well and there are quite literally you know thousands of possibilities here and you know do you need these thousands yes i think you do because they're an expectation that people get with the phone it's like the idea of having thousands of ringtones to choose from everyone only needs one or two at a time but they may change them fairly regularly throughout the life cycle of a phone so something that a healthy ecosystem needs is not only the couple of thousand productivity apps that i referred to earlier but a steady flow of kind of disposable apps many of which will be games that kind of update on a weekly basis so people can all, always find something fresh and new to use so that's why you know i think this numbers still becomes somewhat important but i i would take a slightly less militant stance than uh, the rest of the team here and say actually a continued flow of 
uh, disposable applications is essential, plus uh, a very healthy catalogue of uh, productivity applications, to which I think Windows Phone is, is still building. We all know that there are some missing applications now. You can choose them, maybe Audible or Skype. Um, I think everyone will have their own list there. And uh, that's also a never-ending process because new services, new apps come out all the time. Um, and that's that's the thing that needs to be fixed first because uh, I think it's the most important. But don't underestimate the importance of those disposable apps. That's uh, a quick point I want to pick up on. There. I mean, you were saying about Games Riff in, in terms of each disposable apps. I, I actually think ha- having l- looked through Windows Phone Marketplace on almost a daily basis... Games is actually the, the worst place for disposable apps. Um, but there's very few new titles appearing um, uh, in, in terms of what, what what I'm seeing when I look in certain categories that I'm interested in. And um, a lot of the games are several pounds. It was like three, four, five pounds. And to me, that isn't a throwaway game. I mean, sort of the 79 pay to £1.50 is a throwaway game. And... I'm not seeing a lot of those at the moment. So that is something that, I mean, if, if we are taking the number of applications in the store as a metric, I, I think this is something that reflects that relative, re- comparatively lower number. Yeah, I, I think, as I say, games are kind of a, a category on their own. So, it, you know, I was talking in broad brushstrokes there, but I think for most people, you know, two or three pounds on a game that they may play for three or four weeks and then they'll either finish it or get bored of it, probably does count as disposable as opposed to an app that will stay on their phone for the duration of that phone's life and that can get used maybe only once a week but it will be used every week for a couple of years and that might be a transport planning application or or something else and with that I will say there are some games that do sort of qualify for the gold star status if you like uh, that will get continued enjoyment and will you know stay on there, there forever Actually, one of the successful ones here is something like Angry Birds with their uh, level updates. Um, But in one sense, those level updates are effectively new versions of the game, you know, uh, new disposable stuff coming in. And so it's kind of a a class apart. But yes, I mean, I agree with you. There are, um, in Windows Phone, there's actually quite a good catalogue of decent games. You know, Xbox Live has uh, kind of ensured that. But there are perhaps not as many indie titles as there, there could be, and I think that's partly the stifling influence of Xbox Live, uh, and partly, you know, it's a young platform, early days, and you know, sort of games developers haven't adopted it in quite the same way that they have, say, iPhone. So there we go there. Uh, let's move on quickly. One or two very brief ones. Um, speaking of Xbox Live, Mini Squadron is out this week. A, three, a 2D side-scrolling plain fighty game. Uh, we'll have a look at that one over the festive period. And if you've got an Xbox 360, you'll have noticed that uh, the, the UI has updated and is now running on a Metro UI as Microsoft slowly brings in pieces closer together. Now, festive period. Christmas is coming up. Uh, as, as we are all remembering and of course the most important thing about Christmas is Father Christmas after all his name is in the title of the day so uh, <laughs> that, that's right isn't it Steve yeah Chris, Christmas Father Christmas Day anyway oh. anyway <laughs> Yes, yeah, Rafe can answer the emails on that one. Uh, right then, one present for the Windows ecosystem. What would you like Father Christmas to bring Windows Phone? Not specifically your own phone, but the whole Windows Phone on the planet to help drive it forwards and upwards into 2012. Or, if you like, David, drive it into the ground. David, let's start with you. What present would you like to see down Redmond's chimney? In the spirit of goodwill to all men, women, and children, 
I would say a Linux client for Windows Phone 7 devices. Oh, no. Father Christmas only does mainstream. Yeah, I mean, oh. you Father Christmas doesn't do, like, Strike Caller, or, or he just does Coca-Cola. It's just well, the one big dominant brand. Yeah, well, <laughs> if we want mainstream, we will have to have more users then, won't we? <laughs> ah, Coca-Cola has many of them. No, seriously, though, David, the Linux client kind of brings up that point of that connectivity. But isn't, isn't the whole point of Windows Phone, though, that it's not phone to desktop or phone to client it's phone to cloud cloud to anywhere else well that's how it should be but i think that the fact that it's tied to the zoom desktop uh, desktop application completely undermines that ah, so there we go zoom in the cloud how about can we can, can we say zoom in the cloud would you be happy with that yeah, absolutely zoom in the cloud there we go there steve Yes, I would like a generic all-about-Christmas application with definitive guide to what Christmas means, purely for you and Spence. To, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> that would be AAC, and I think Apple have already got that file extension. Yeah, that's true. Okay. What I would like is proper Bluetooth support. I'm fed up on iPhones in times past and now on Windows Phone. You, you for example, you take a photograph and your friend sitting next to you on the sofa with, I don't know, a Nokia or, or an Android phone says, yes, can I have that? that photo please so you think okay well i'll try i'll bluetooth it to you no you can't bluetooth objects and media around using windows phone there it's just blocked at the windows phone level the os level that needs to be added in you think oh well i'll, I'll email it to you you try doing that and the stupid email system then downsamples it horribly just to make the file smaller because we have got nice fast connections these days so add bluetooth please like a modern operating system like symbian like android join 2011 2012 windows phone please 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 there we go. Speaking of joining at uh, 2012, uh, my wish, uh, I actually had two here. One of them is, is, is a silly one, which is I'd like Zoom Pass to extend out to applications as well, maybe at £15 a month, and then everybody gets to share in the same way that Android have the Kindle Lending Library Fund that's going on. But um, international podcast support. I can understand why music is reasonably locked down, but I cannot see why we don't have podcast support in every region in Zoom and on the handset. It just seems crazy. Here, here. Rafe. Well, I'm going to take a, a more developer standpoint and say I'd actually like to see in-app billing coming because I think this would uh, allow for sort of more content to come into applications that are already downloaded onto the phone. It's sort of been very successful elsewhere, and I think it's key to be able to make sure the, the platform can support developers in a financial manner. So allied to that, you'd sort of say uh, support for uh, SMS or um, uh, billing onto your uh, monthly phone phone bill is also a must-have for the marketplace that's starting to come in and indeed is available in in some marketplaces on some operators but part of the uh, tie-up with nokia was the promise it would see that available much more widely i'm sure it will happen in uh, 2012 so i think it's one present we are going to get uh, i'd just like to see it happen as fast as possible and i think there's a you know a long list of developer requirements you know maybe some extra apis or even the ability to do native code particularly for game engines and things like that uh, but i think uh, those two financially based ones are particularly important but can i add some riders onto other people's christmas presents you mentioned uh, podcast directory i'd extend that to other local specific stuff i'd like to see bing vision for example get its full feature set in all the european markets as a minimum ideally worldwide 
at the moment um, you can scan barcodes in the US and do price comparisons and buy things online. At the moment in, in Europe, certainly in the UK, scanning barcodes won't work. You'll only be able to scan uh, QR codes and the sort of Microsoft tag codes as well. So I'd like to see that extended as well. And there's quite a lot of uh, local specific functionality that isn't generically available. Uh, obviously there are reasons for that in terms of you have to set up the necessary back end but i'd like to see that come in but actually to go back to what david said i mean actually i do agree that improving the desktop phone experience would be uh, a better particularly for those coming from the simping world that are used to very independent devices and so i think uh, the idea of being able to use it without necessity to plug it into a phone into a pc ever and that's things like software updates um, and actually that's really the big one uh, software updates for me but also more users. I think David's absolutely right. Uh, Windows Phone needs more users in order to be competitive uh, because it needs a bigger install base for developers, for accessory manufacturers, for everything else. Really, you know, ecosystems live and die on how big they are. And so, yes, absolutely. More users, please, Father Christmas. Open floor. Anybody else have any more to know? Or are we happy with that quite short present list? Well, let's not be greedy. Okay, fair enough, then we'll be green. Happy Christmas, movie house! Uh, there we go. Well, we can't go without our traditional what app have we been using this week. Uh, time is running out. Uh, the sleigh bells are starting to ring, uh, and Noel Edmonds is getting ready to do his Christmas gift, not to Microsoft. So we should be very quickly round the houses here. What application have we been using or recommending this week? And as always, we'll have links to these back on the show notes. Uh, Steve, what have we got from you? Well, I was tempted to just make some Kasaki comment about, oh, apps of the week are getting so cliche, but it does actually make the point that there's really quite a lot of really good applications out there that are really useful in real life. So I will carry on with the tradition. You'll be glad to know. I would like to mention HandySafe, which I've used on other platforms in the past, and which has the tremendous benefit now that whatever platform you started off on, you can actually sync this encrypted database of all your private stuff, pins, passwords, and stuff. And yes, I know there are thousands of these apps, but this particular one not only syncs to your desktop PC, um, it also syncs to your Symbian phone, to your BlackBerry, to your uh, Android phone, to your iPhone, to your Windows phone. Basically, everything syncs to everything else, and you can keep exactly the same database in perfect check, and you can keep multiple devices on the go. And for someone like me, I find that incredibly useful. Right. I'm going to go with Geodefense this week. Uh, this is an Xbox Live title I've been playing to while away a bit of uh, downtime. It's kind of the uh, tower game where you place towers around a track and kill things as they come along. But it's a, a nice implementation. It's got various achievements that you can get for your Xbox. And actually, compared to some games, they've actually been well thought out and you actually have to play the game for a bit and concentrate to get them, particularly the harder to achieve ones. But as I say, it's a, a, a nice implementation. I, I got this, I think, because it was on sale last week. But uh, yeah, thoroughly recommended for me for whiling away a little bit of time. And with all Xbox Live titles and pretty much most of the main applications, uh, you'll be able to uh, download a trial version of that first and see if you like it before you put out the money. Uh, for me, I'm going to go one that might, that might not have a huge amount of appeal. It's called Supreme Shortcuts. You have to sideload this in, so you need a developer-unlocked phone, either through Microsoft or for Chevron. Uh, we've done a very quick flow on this inside. It allows you to put 
uh, live tile onto your phone of any of the phone's internal functions. Uh, so I actually have added two live tiles. Uh, one of them is the battery saver. So I have a live tile press that I get taken straight to the battery saver because it doesn't actually have its own live tile. Uh, and also, when I'm traveling, I have one for Wi-Fi. Uh, so I can make, make sure that it's on or off and connected to the right network rather than have to go into the menu and the settings and so on. It's a free application. You will need to have your phone uh, developer unlock though and sideload it yourself it's not available in the marketplace but if you're sort of techie and fiddly like that you've probably already done that uh, and can have a look for that one yourself david i like am... to call himself rudolph <laughs> um i am going with something called parcel tracker now i kind of wish i'd suggested this last week given the time of year but but never mind um parcel tracker is it, it sounds very boring it's not fashionable like social networks it's basically you put your tracking code in for a multitude of different postal services around the world and you get like push notifications when there is an update to the status of the parcel and each parcel can be added as a live tile to your start menu um, and it will flip around and show you the last status and show you if there's something new that you don't know about now I this this for me is the first time I've had like a real sort of light bulb emotional connection to the live tiles. I've always thought they were quite smart. I liked them. But um, with it being Christmas and I've got parcels coming to me and parcels going to other people, um, it's been wonderful just to have these, just to hear my phone do a little, a little tinkle and look, oh, yes, the parcels moved on another step. I mean, I, I, for example, I was tracking the, the Lumia 800 I've been sent for review i was tracking that making its way to me up from london and it, it was just a, a real emotional connection just like being able to see the little colorful tiles on my screen just like letting me know where my parcels are all around the world because i've also been tracking parcels to canada as as well and it's yeah so that gets my recommendation and it's one pound 20 in the marketplace there we go which is probably how much it would cost you to go and get the box from wherever Amazon are using for their home delivery network now instead. So there we go. There's your four applications. Uh, there's your look at Christmas presents for uh, the Microsoft Windows Phone ecosystem. All your latest news. Uh, thank you to my uh, open source stuntman, David Gilson. Thank you very much, Ewan, and Merry Christmas, everyone, and just take, take this time of year, whether you celebrate Christmas or not, just to have a good rest and take care, everyone, and um, we'll talk to you hopefully in the new year, if not before. Yeah, it's a big thank you to our I'm Not Flying Because I'm a Reindeer, Steve Litchfield. Yes, goodbye from me. Happy Christmas. We'll catch you soon. Uh, it's also goodbye to Blitzen the Shepherd. Goodbye, everybody, and uh, Merry Christmas. Anything that you know where to send it? Uh, yep, uh, that would be, I don't know, where do they send the feedback, Rafe? Rafe at allaboutwindowsphone.com or via yeah. Twitter at AA underscore WP or Facebook, facebook.com slash uh, all about Windows Phone, and we're also on Google Plus as well, so check it all out. Yeah, thank you all out there for listening to the show as well. You continue to support. It's much appreciated. Your comments are always welcome, both in public and in private, for the details that you can rewind for. And, uh, Steve, just to let you know one thing. Yeah? I, I do know the true meaning of December the 25th. <laughs> it's, the I know. Doctor Who, it's the Doctor Who special. I knew you knew that, really. Yeah. Hurrah! Doctor, happy Doctor Who Day, everybody. We'll catch you. <laughs> at some point over the festive period. Ta-ra for now.